is cool. But I'm going to um, share this real, real quick. I was in prayer. Um, day before yesterday, I think, or maybe yesterday. <coughs> and I was reading through Exodus. And I'm reading through um, the whole Bible. Uh, I'm doing a, a plan. My heart was to read through the Bible twice this year. So I'm doing like a, a six months thing, plus just whatever I feel led reading. But this is kind of like, you know, additional. And, um, and I was in Exodus, and man, it just for many chapters, God's like, bam, I would read this, and <clears throat> it would hit my heart, and I would be like, man, ah. And then uh, I got to this one verse in chapter 7, and when I did, man, I just got smoked in the presence of God, and like I had a sign and wonder like appear on my hand, and I was like, whoa, okay, here we go. I was like, it's weird right here, you know. Um, but it was cool because I was reading about nothing but weird stuff. <laughs> and I was like, it's kind of like God's thing, you know. We don't think that way, but it's kind of God's thing. You know, axe heads float, bushes burn, but they're not consumed. Men take off a piece of cloth and slap water and it parts, you know. I mean, just weird. And makes it like him, you know. It's weird, man. <laughs> you know, this is the ruler of all the universe, all right, can choose whatever he wants to be around him, and he's got four living creatures with four faces and eyes all over their body right here. Like, dude, you could pick anything to be right next to you, and that's what you pick. Weird, man. <laughs> you know? It's just, it, I'm talking from the carnal mind. Weird, you know? It's strange to the world. Like, we're like, dude, that's why he calls us a peculiar people, you know, because he's peculiar and we're made and conformed in his image, you know, strange. So uh, I'm going to work backwards real quick, but Mark 16, I love the Bible. How many of you love the Bible? I love the Bible. I love to be biblical. If it's not in the Bible, I got a problem. You know, it could be like, like, not really kind in the Bible is not the word. Like, it doesn't have to be black and white, but I need to see that it's good. Because, you know, the Bible says clearly that if everything Jesus did was recorded, it would fill books that went all the way around the earth. So there's stuff that, like, you know, how many of you know miracles, like the blind seeing, like, one time Jesus spat and, you know, touched his hand. Uh, made mud, touched his hand, another time spat, you know, put licks his finger, sticks it in the ear. Like, we don't just go around doing that. You know, we don't make a doctrine out of that. That's in the Bible, but I don't do that, you know, unless the Holy Spirit were to tell me for sure to do that. You know, I'm not going to come around giving you all wet willy saying be healed. <laughs> you know, I'm not doing that, you know, unless the Holy Spirit says to. If I do it, you better know it's God. All right, so... <laughs> Yeah, I was messing with my son. Uh, but, you know, I mean, listen, you stick your wet finger in my ear, and I'm de I better hear what I'm done. No, it's like, <laughs> but, um, but, you know, there's stuff that's not, like, specifically black, white in the Bible that I, I receive. I just need to see it somewhere, you know. Like, I know God does strange and or extraordinary things. So, like, an axe head floated. So, like, if I saw, you know, uh, a screwdriver float biblical right because an axe head floated it's biblical it doesn't have to be an axe head it can god made thing float right jesus walks on water you know you know if i uh, they say Catherine coleman was preaching and she walked off the stage and just stood in the air and walked back and you'd say that's creepy yeah but jesus walked on water so i mean it's what's the difference it's the same thing you know it's just like i said it's not specifically there, but I'm not going to reject it and I'm not going to be skeptical because God can do all things, you know. So um, real quick, we're going to work backwards. Mark 16, um, verse, we'll, we'll do 15 through 17. Go into all the world, this is Jesus speaking to the apostles, and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. 
and he who does not believe will be condemned. I love that. It's the belief um, that we touched on at the beginning of service. And these signs will follow those who believe. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. That one's really important. I want you to remember that one for today. They will take up serpents. No, I'm not going to pull a rattlesnake out, I promise. All right. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick. That one's really important, and they will uh, recover. Then if you jump down to verse 20, it says, And they went out preached everywhere, listen to this, the Lord working with them and confirming the word. Somebody say confirming the word through the accompanying signs. God confirms his messenger and his message with signs. Biblical. It's actually unbiblical to have messages or the gospel preached void of signs. It's unbiblical. So let's look at Acts. I love this 222. Acts verse or chapter 2, verse 22, about Jesus of Nazareth. It says, Hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth. A man attested by God to you. How did God attest to Jesus? By miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him in your midst as you yourself also know. So the spotless Lamb of God, Jesus, the Word made flesh, was confirmed to be who he said he was by what? the performing of miracles, signs, and wonders through him. That this is how God said, yep, he is who he says he is. All right. Now we're going to jump backwards and go to Exodus 4. And I'm going to be all over the place. You don't even have to try to be there because I'm actually just going to be picking out what I highlighted. I'm not going to read because we're going to go like, you know, it's really to the end of Exodus, but I'm just going to pick out stuff. I'm not going to, so don't try to keep up. Ready? All right, cool. So, so, um, actually I'm going to, I am going to read from chapter four, verse one to listen. Moses answered and said, but suppose they will not believe or listen to my voice. So what do I do if people don't believe me or listen to me? All right. And say, the Lord has not appeared to you. So the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? He said, a rod. He said, all right, cast it to the ground. So he cast it to the ground, and it became a serpent, and <laughs> Moses fled from it. <laughs> Can you see this? Whoa! <laughs> like, I could see Paul, you know? <laughs> like, wah, dude, no, uh, no, snakes, no. You know? He said he fled from it. Then the Lord said to Moses, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. Almost like they'll have power over serpents. Super interesting. You catch that? Yeah, it's really important to see. Everything's types and shadows in the Old Testament, into the New. See this? And how many of you know Moses is a type and shadow of Jesus? Do you know that? Moses was a mediator of the Old Covenant, and Jesus was a mediator of the New Covenant. So, but, but check it out. So anyway, so he caught it by a tail and reached out his hand and called it, and it became a rod in his hand. Listen to that. That they may believe the Lord. Why did this happen? Why do signs happen? Why did this happen? that they may believe the Lord. This says this, God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Furthermore, the Lord said to him, now put your hand in your bosom. And he put his hand in his bosom. And when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous like snow. And he said, put your hand in your bosom again. So he put his hand in his bosom again and drew, out, drew it out of his bosom. And it was restored like his other flesh. It was healed through the hands. There was healing. It's super interesting. All right. So then he says, and he said, put your hand. Or, 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 he drew it out and it was restored like his other flesh. Then it will be, listen, if they do not believe you nor hear the message of the first sign, that they may believe the message of the latter sign. All right. So in signs, there's a message in and of themselves. And it's proving the authenticity of the message and the messenger. That's what the signs are doing. All right. So it says, um, and it shall be, if they do not believe even these two signs or listen to your voice, that you shall take water from the river 
and pour it on dry land, the water which you take from the river will become blood on dry land. So this is not, this particular sign and wonder, which is really interesting, is not talking about when he turned the Nile into blood. This is three signs that God gave him for the Jews to believe. He's, these are the signs that he was to do to the Jews. Do you see? Because he's going to his people. He's like, how are they going to believe that I came from the God of our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? So these are the three signs he gave specifically first to go to the Jews. Now we know he uses the staff later. But these three signs, which it's interesting that healing was present of leprous because we know the Bible says that the healing is what? The children's bread. Super interesting. Then you've got Moses performing this miracle of pouring out water and it turning to blood. Who do we else do we know that their first public miracle that was done into his people, the Jews only, was, was turning uh, water into what? Wine. And what did he say wine represented? His blood. Super interesting. Do you catch that? I just caught that for the first time. I was like, man, that's good. Thank you, Jesus, for revealing this to fools and babes. All right, so anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, thank you that we're no f- not fools by the wisdom of God. But anyway, the water which you take from the river will become blood on the dry land. Then Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I'm not eloquent neither before you nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of a tongue. Uh, so the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth or who makes the mute, the deaf, uh, the, who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing or the blind have not I the Lord. Now, therefore, go and I will be with you, your mouth, and I will teach you what to say. I love that. This is reverberated again when Jesus tells the apostles, he says, don't even worry about what you say when you're brought before kings. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will teach you what to say. It's the same thing. The, the, I, I truly believe that Egypt, Moses leading the people out of Egypt, is the greatest uh, example, shadow and type, of us obviously coming out of the world. Egypt being the world, being the house of bondage, the Bible calls it, you know, being set free. Pharaoh representing Lucifer, the little g god of this world. Pharaoh was the god of the land. You know, and how the Lord will take his people out of this world. And if you read really the story of the plagues that come, the 10 plagues, and then you jump over to Revelations and you see the wrath of God being poured out, it's, it's almost parallel to what God did to Egypt is what he'll do to this whole world when he takes us out away. And it's amazing because what I love about that is all the plagues were in the land, the Jews were in the land, and it could not touch the Jews. I actually read that it says thick darkness literally covered the whole land so much so that they couldn't even see the person in front of them, but there was light in the Jews' house. That tells me that utter darkness, man, I feel the Lord, utter darkness, utter darkness so thick that you can't even see can cover the earth, but there'll still be light in the house of the children of God. There'll still be light. It's beautiful. It means God can literally pour out his wrath right here. And it can't touch me. This guy can have boils, but I won't have boils. His livestock can have boils, but I won't have boils. It's amazing. The way that the parallels are there. I I would encourage you to read that. But anyway, we're going to move on. I'm going to jump down to verse 15. I will be with your mouth. I will teach you what you shall do. Verse 17, you shall do the signs. Jump over to 21. See that you do all the wonders. Verse 28. All the words of the Lord who had sent him and all the signs which he had commanded him. Verse 30. Aaron spoke all the words, did all the signs. In where? In the sight of the people. 31. So the people believed because of what? the words of the Lord and the signs in which he performed. Let's go on. Jump over to chapter 6. It says, With a strong hand, he will let them out, and with a strong hand, he will drive them out. Sounds like casting out devils, right? Then he says, um, 
Verse 6, it says, I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their bondage, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. Then he says this, uh, I will take you as my people, and I will be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. Let's jump over to chapter 7. This is right when I got here and I started to read this. I had a, a sign of wonder just appear on my hand, and the presence of God came, and um, I just began to feel really full of the spirit. Um, so it says uh, in verse two. I'll just read one through five. So the Lord said this chapter seven to Moses, see, I've made you as God to Pharaoh and Aaron, your brother shall be your prophet. You shall speak all that I commanded you. How many of you know it's so important like that a lot of people go and they speak things that are in the Bible because they're in the Bible and they think that automatically it's in the Bible. They have permission to just speak it whenever. You know that Jesus, the word made flesh, didn't just go around saying and speaking whatever he felt to speak because he knew scripture. He said, I only say what I hear the father say. I only speak what I hear the father speak. I only do what I hear the father do. It isn't a free for all. And so often the word of God gets spoke and there's no signs accompanying of accompanying it because they're not speaking what the father is saying. They're speaking what he said. And sometimes you can speak what he said and it's what he's saying. Does that make sense? This isn't religion. This isn't I memorize a bunch of scripture and I quote it. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance all the words of Jesus. The whole Bible are the words of Jesus. He's the word made flesh. So in the moment, the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance what God has said. And in that moment, it becomes what some call a rhema word, a living word, an alive word, a now word from the voice of God coming out of your mouth. And God puts his words in your mouth. And just like Moses and Aaron spoke the words of God, you speak the very words of God. And when you speak the very words of God, just like has happened today when Jen got up here, aren't you grateful for that powerful word? I mean, my God. Yeah, she had no idea. But um, so she gets up and speaks it. What happens? The presence of the living God backs it up. There's a sign of his presence present. There's an anointing when it comes out. If you ever hear something, it comes out and the room shifts. You sense God's presence. Healings take place. Deliverance takes place. See, for me, I'm really hesitant when I go and I sit and I listen and none of that is present. I'm going, why? I'm, I'm, I'm scratching my head, why? Because I just don't see that being biblical anywhere in the word. It's just not, man. Uh, everywhere you go, even Philip, Stephen gets sent out. They're made deacons of the church. That was all the authority they were given. They were made to serve tables. They go out preaching the word and boom, sides of wonders. Listen, there's people in full-blown sin, all right? In the book of Matthew, it says, in the last days, there'll be people, people that come to me and say, Lord, Lord, did we not cast out devils? Did we not heal the sick? Did we not prophesy? Do many mighty exploits in your name? It says, depart from me. I never knew you, you workers of lawlessness. Meaning they lived however they wanted to, but they believed and signs still followed the word. So if sinners could operate, then why? Mm. You shall speak all that I command you, and Aaron your brother shall tell Pharaoh to send the children of Israel out of his land, and I will harden Pharaoh's heart and mul listen to this, multiply my signs and wonders in the land. This is what God does. He increases and multiplies it and shows it forth. We see it all throughout the book of Acts. You're like, what are you talking about? Well, I'm trying to kind of jump in ahead of myself, but it's all right. We'll go to Joel 2 in a minute. But in Joel 2, it's interesting. It says that there'll be... Uh, the signs in the heavens and on the earth. And he says, blood, fire, and smoke. And Peter, on the day of Pentecost, when they come out looking drunk, and, every, and they're like, we're not drunk as you suppose. And pe people say, well, that's because they were talking in tongues. But I I've listened to foreigners talk. They don't seem drunk to me. You look drunk when you look drunk. you know. And they're like, these guys are drunk. And Peter's like, we're not drunk like you think. This is that which Joel spoke about. I'll pour out my spirit, says God. In the last days, your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Then it goes on and says, uh, uh, blood, fire, and smoke as signs in the heavens and on the earth. Just think about it. There just appeared to them fire on their heads. 
signs in the heavens and on the earth. There was literally a, uh, this wasn't metaphorical. There was a literal flame above their head. There's nothing metaphorical and analog, whatever. You can't, it's word for word, a flame on their head. And then he goes on to quote Joel 2 and says, hey, it says these signs will happen. Then he goes on to say uh, and quotes David and says, in your presence is fullness of joy. Why? Because they were giggly. They were full of the spirit. You know, it says about Jesus, he loved wickedness or sorry, hated wickedness, love righteousness, loved righteousness, blasphemy, <laughs> string him up. All right. So anyway, <laughs> he loved, uh, hated wickedness, love righteousness. So God, our God anointed Jesus Christ with the oil of gladness above his companions. Do you know they accused Jesus of Nazareth of being a drunkard and a wine bibbler? We know that he wasn't, but why would they do that? Because he was a joyful guy, man. He seemed awfully like tipsy, you know? He was full of the Holy Ghost. Hey, how's it going, you know? Good, joyful guy, like gladness above. How many of you know happy people? You just know a happy person. I know happy people, okay? Full, yeah, Mary's a happy person. You get around, hey, hey, how you doing? How's it going? Well, Jesus anointed with the oil of gladness above her. Above her, he wasn't like, repent for the kingdom of heaven at hand. He's going, repent. You know, we do see him flip tables. It's okay. But he only did that. We don't make doctrines out of that. He did that when he had the command from the Lord. But he predominantly, man, full of joy, love, mercy. He was a guy you wanted to be around. You know, you either love Jesus or he offended you so much you wanted to kill him. You know, it was one or the other. You either loved the man or you wanted to crucify him. But Pharaoh will not heed you so that I may lay my hand on Egypt and bring my armies and my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great judgments. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand. Man, it sounds a whole lot like the earth systems. God sends prophets. God sends men of God throughout the world. And he says, repent. Don't do this anymore. Stop. I don't want to bring judgment. I want to have mercy. Repent. Turn from your wickedness. Seek my face. I'll heal your land. And then they don't listen. And their hearts become harder. And hearts become harder. And the world becomes harder. And then what happens? More judgments. More ju Until what? Until the day of wrath. It's, it's the Lord, man. It's the way he works. Let's jump to <laughs> I love this verse 19. So uh so so we're in verse 8. All these plagues are breaking out. The this this plague of lice broke out, which is really interesting. Moses walks out with a staff and he hits the dust. And the literal dust, y'all. This isn't like science tries to explain it away like, well, because of the frogs, then lice, came, lice just appeared. That is not what the Bible says. And I don't know about you, but I believe the Bible. The Bible says that Moses went out and struck the dirt with his staff and the dust itself turned into lice. And then it says the magicians tried to copy it and they could not copy it. Do you know up until this point, the magicians had copied every sign and wonder that God did? Do you know that? Because there are false signs and wonders out there. And the Bible says beware of false prophets in the last days because they'll perform uh, false signs and wonders. But let me tell you, do you know why they're performing false signs and wonders in the last days? Because there's real prophets and real voices and real people and men and women of God performing real signs and wonders in the earth. So he says this in verse 19, I love it, it says, the magician said to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. We can't do it. This is the finger of God. There's no way. We couldn't mimic the lice. And then verse 22 tells you why, why God did it. Listen to this. He says, I did this. He says, in order, he goes this way, and in the day I will set apart the land of Goshen, so he's sending flies now, in which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies shall be there. So again, Literally, flies all over Egypt, no flies touching the children of Israel. Why did he, he say this? Listen to this. 
He said, in order that you may know that I am the Lord in the midst of the land, I will make a difference between my people and your people. Tomorrow this sign will be shown. The difference between the Lord's people and the world's people, what is it? The Lord manifesting himself in signs. The Lord making himself known to be present. The Lord laying his hand on his people. The Lord manifest his presence, his person. This is how they'll know between us and them, he's saying. This is how. All right, I'm going to jump over to uh, first chapter 13, verse 21. I know I'm kind of all over the place, but I'm trying to make a point. So there's just uh, a ton more. I mean, from that point all the way through, you'll just see where the Lord's like, and this is why I'm doing signs, so that they'll know I'm, that I'm your God. And this is why. And I shall do signs. And more signs. And then more signs. And then more signs. And the Lord's not bashful about these signs and wonders at all. He's not. He's not bashful at them at all. But listen to this. Uh, verse 21. So this, they finally have left Egypt. They're heading out into the wilderness. And it says this about it. It says, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire, to give them light so as to go by day and by night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from the midst of the people. How many of you know this is God's presence, his glory manifesting as a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire? And what I love is because this, again, being a shadow and type, it, t- it shows us how we're to live our lives in this Christian walk. I don't move if God doesn't move. But when I see God move, I move. I'm not the master and the Lord of my life. Jesus is the Lord of my life. His presence leads my life. If I sense his presence go over here, I move. If I sense it, that's why, that's why all through, I love it. God knew exactly what I was going to be touching on today, and he showed it by the whole service, by his presence alone. We were not going to move out of what God was doing in the moment. Why? Because that's where his presence was. Why would we move out of his presence when the cloud is staying right here? When the cloud is saying, be still, we're not moving. We're going to stay right here and worship. Be still, right? When Jen got up, why would we not move and be rushed out of that? Why? Because the presence is resting right there. I can feel it resting on this right now. I'm waiting, watching for that shift, that move, because I want to follow the cloud. I don't want my good idea. I want God ideas. I don't want to lead myself. My paths become crooked. His paths, straight and narrow. And he says, show me the paths of life in your presence is fullness of joy. Show me how to live and walk the life in his presence. It's the path. Joel chapter 2, verse 20. It's great because I want to just show you how God himself coordinates what happened with Moses, all right? And in that moment in time in history. How many of you know up until Moses stepped on the scene, you know, they had been in bondage for 400 years? How many of you know before Jesus stepped on the scene, there had been no voice and prophet in the land for 400 years? I'm I'm telling you, it's just a parallel. And I want to show you how God ties it in. And what is God saying? He's saying, this is how I do things in my new covenant. This is how I ushered in the old covenant, signs, miracles, and wonders. And this is how I usher in my new covenant, signs, miracles, and wonders. And I want to show you that we're still in, how many of you believe we're still in the last days? Do you think we missed it? We certainly didn't miss it. All right. Listen to this. In Joel chapter 2, verse 28 through uh, 32. And it shall come to pass afterward that I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men dream dreams and young men see visions. I love this because, again, uh, and I'm not going to go there right now, but one of the things that Moses said is he said that God would that all of his people were prophets. He said, God's desire when talking about hearing the voice of the Lord and, and repeating it to other people, that's it, essentially what prophecy is. I hear what God says and I open my mouth and, re- and I repeat it. You look it up. I'm not going to go there right now. But the Bible literally says that Moses said, God desires, it's his will, that all his people were prophets. And again, it's tying right into Joel chapter 2. I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. 
all your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men see visions, meaning everybody, all flesh, you have access to dreams and visions. You can hear God prophetically like this before in the old days. It's how God spoke to the prophets in dreams and visions, but it wasn't everybody. But the new covenant, the Bible says it's open and an invitation to everybody. Listen to this. And also my men servants and my maidservant. I mean, I'm not partial to anybody. It's available for everyone. I will pour out my spirit in those days. Listen, if you get just a little bit hungry today, many of you have already experienced the outpouring of the spirit today. You've been touched. God's blessed your heart. You've been set free from things. But I'm telling you, if you just get a little bit hungry, man, God is on the edge of heaven. Just the Bible says that the eyes of the Lord look to and fro the whole earth, searching for a heart that is fully after him that he might show himself strong on their behalf. He's on the edge of heaven, man, looking down right here at 2032. Just, I see you, just lean in a little bit. Just have a little faith. Just believe that it's accessible. Just go ahead and believe and get hungry. And I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. All flesh. Everybody. No one excluded. Man, what a good God. And I will show wonders. In the heaven and in the earth. In the heaven, heavens, and in the earth. Wonders. Just like when? Egypt. Blood, fire, and pillars of smoke. What was so significant? The Israelites were passed over by the blood put on the doorposts. Then they were led out by a pillar of fire and a pillar of smoke. He's saying, in the last days, what I did then is all flesh. And greater still, because this is a new covenant. Better covenant, better promises. The blood is the mercy of Jesus. It is a sign and wonder to see a sinner saved. The greatest miracle was that God took me, a manipulative, drug-addicted, wicked, lustful, evil man, and snapped my heart in half and circumcised it and filled me with his spirit and made me love righteousness and hate wickedness as he does. That's a miracle, man. If you knew, it's a miracle and then he washed everything i ever did wrong away are you kidding me only god can do that no one in the world can do that let me tell you i gotta go to an through an awful lot of courts to get my rap sheet expunged it's it's a lot of loops and a lot of money but in heaven there's no record there's no record man what a good god Blood, fire. He says that I shall baptize you in the Holy Spirit and in fire. He says they're not my ministering spirits. I just felt it get hot. Winds and flames of fire. Some of the signs and wonders God does in the earth today, some of you may even begin to feel wind blow across your hands or crossed your face. I promise you, they are not the air vents. You have to go way up to feel them. We made sure of that. There's no mystery wind. If you feel wind blowing across you, it is a sign and wonder God is moving. <sighs> are not my ministering spirits winds and flames of fire? If you feel heat on your body, this is a sign and wonder that God does in the earth. The fire of the living God. I could tell you one time I was, uh, I was vacuuming a church. And there was a, a, a conference playing, and the guy started praying for the baptism of the fire. And I was just like vacuuming the church. I'm like, yeah, Lord, I want that. I was like trying to listen. Listen, the fire of God got on me. I fell on my knees, and I began to just bead and sweat. Just bead and sweat, shaking under the power of God. Baptized in fire. I'm, I'm convinced there, there was a good possibility there actually might have been a flame. <laughs> I would have never known. But I'm like on there just, I mean, hot, man. Hot. I went from room temperature 
to I might as well have been in the fiery furnace with Radshak, Meshach, and Abednego. I mean, it was hot, man. Piercing hot. And pillars of smoke. This represents his presence. How do we know? Again, you see in Solomon uh, when, when they dedicated the temple, the whole temple filled with God's presence and it manifested as smoke. And sometimes in meetings, it's happened in here and it's happened in other meetings. At times, there will be a tangible fog that will literally manifest and you can physically see it with your eyes. But typically, you'll sense it with your, with your hand. How many of you have been in a meeting where you've seen physical smoke? Just so you guys can see. I don't know. Yeah, physical it, it, it's in the Bible. It's biblical. It's all right. I'm reading it to you word for word right here. Uh, but often you'll feel it and sense it before you see it. And it feels very weighty. And it almost is like you're, you can feel a substance. I, feel, I can sense that right now in the room. How many of you feel that presence? You feel that, that resting? Yeah, that kind of, man, the Lord is here. You're in him. You know, in his glory, in his presence. When Moses went up on the mountain, the glory of God rested on the mountain. It appeared as fire to the Israelites, but smoke to Moses. Did you know that? Simultaneously, it appeared as fire to the elders, and they weren't, they were like, we can't go through the fire. But to Moses, it appears as smoke, and he enters in through the cloud of his glory. And simultaneously, two different things. God, man, he's a God of wonders, man. He's a God, of, it's kind of strange, you know, but it's okay. It's amazing. It's beautiful. It's awesome. Then he says, the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day. Some translations say terrible day of the Lord, which is the day of his wrath. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So I want to stop right here because I want to ask you, are people still calling upon the name of the Lord to be saved right now? Has this happened where the moon has been turned into blood and the Lord has come through the sky. Has that happened yet? Is the door shut? So then doesn't Scripture say that until that point in the last days, begin at Acts chapter 2 when, when Peter steps on the scene and goes, this is that which Joel spoke about right here. That begins. That's the hinge point of the beginning of this. And doesn't this say that it doesn't end until the sky splits? So until that day, God will be doing what? Signs and wonders. Signs and wonders. There's healing in bodies. The casting out of devils. There's also strange, extraordinary uh, miracles. The Bible says that God did many strange and extraordinary miracles through the hands of Paul. Jesus turned uh, water into wine. He broke the bread and multiplied it. Uh, things would appear. I mean, just, and, and so I'm going to go here kind of today. And some people, there are fault signs. And I want to say that there are. And they mimic the real, Okay. And a lot of the, one of the ones that's really big and contested in the church, uh, and I'm going to probably land it here and then pray for healing and then we'll, we'll, we'll pray and we'll go, but, uh, is, is like gold and things like that appearing on people. And some people say that's fake. That's false. Where's that in the Bible? Well, I'm like you, I, I have to see it in the Bible. So I've questioned, I've asked it. I'm like, Lord, I'm not going to believe that if it doesn't happen to me. Like, I've been there. I've been through all that same stuff. Um, and so there actually is a verse and it is in the Bible, um, and it's Psalm 68, 13, and it actually says, though you lie down among the sheepfold, do you know what the sheepfold is? It's the pastures of the Lord, right? So this is technically like the sheepfold right here. Though you lie down the sheepfold, listen to this, it says, um, you will be like the wings of a dove, listen, covered with silver and feathers with yellow gold. He's literally saying you'll be like a dove, which we know the dove represents what? In scripture, the Holy Spirit, I'll cover with silver and gold. He's saying it right. It's right there in the Bible. I didn't catch that. I asked the Lord, Holy Spirit, I'm not going to accept this gold stuff happening if you don't show me it in the Bible. And so it's right here. And then you want to say, well, that's kind of odd. But wasn't it kind of odd that Moses put his hand in his coat and it turned leprous and white? And he pulled out his hand and it was a sign to show, look. And he held out his hand like that, and he says, look, it's a sign to show you that God is who he says he is. And then he puts it back in, and it's healed. And we also, it's twofold. It's a weird sign and wonder, and it's also speaking to healing. And uh, many of you were here. How many of you were here the, the day that I shared the word, and I held my hand up, and there was oil? Like, you, you know, my hands were dry, but there was oil, and there was gold all over my hands. If you saw that, can you raise your hand real quick if you're here? So you can look around and see. Um, so, again, it has nothing to do with, with me. I'm just... I want to tell you it's biblical. It's biblical. And God does these things. He just does them. 
And so if you're, I, I don't want to miss anything God has for me. I don't want to miss anything God has for me based off of a doctrine of man or an opinion because somebody didn't like how God moved. Listen, people didn't like how Jesus moved all the time. Okay. They were offended that he healed somebody on the Sabbath. Like, get out of here. That's how men think. They get really offended that God does things the way they don't like them. And they try to put God in these little boxes and they don't. But God can do whatever he wants to do. I've seen, you know, um, weird things, feathers. I mean, just weird stuff, man. God does whatever he wants to do. You know, he does whatever he wants to do. And, and I, if, if uh, you're anything like me, you just want God. But you want it to be real and authentic. Real and authentic. I'm not after fake and flake. You know, I want real and authentic. This is how I know the, there's a real God that we serve. Uh, I know that there's been people that have come in here, and I won't say their names or whatever, full-blown homosexual lifestyle. Full-blown. I'm gay. That's what they would say. Full-blown. All right? Completely delivered from demons. 100%. Is now having to learn how not to be attracted to women. <laughs> And be lustful at women. It's been such a thing. I'm like, yeah, we don't do that either, you know. And so, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, but hallelujah, you know. I'd rather have that problem than that problem, but that's still a problem. That's how you pastor that, you know. You're like, I'd rather have that problem than that problem, but this is still a problem. But that's the real God, man. Only God can do that. You got to understand, only God does that. You you can't change uh, 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 people. We've got, you know, Paul and Katie sitting here next to each other who, you, you know, when I met Katie, they'd been separated for a year, right? A year. No hope of reconciliation. Actually, actually, P Paul's own words were something like, yeah, Jesus would have to walk on water before we would get back together. I, I guess he walked. <laughs> yeah, come on. Listen, it's the spirit of the living God. It's a real Jesus, man. There is a false Jesus. No power no, wants to tell you that, you know, everybody struggles. No, everybody is tempted. You don't have to struggle. Temptation is struggling's open the door. Come on in, devil. Hang out with me. Why don't you tell Jesus to answer that door next time the devil comes knocking? The same spirit that raised. How can we believe that the spirit of God raised a man from the dead? Raised a dead man up. Not even just Jesus. They threw a dead man in a hole with Elisha's bones and he came back to life. You believe that? Do you believe that? I believe that. How can we believe that and not believe that God can set us free from not only the penalty of sin, but its power? I've just seen it with my own eyes. There are people in this room right now, I won't, I, won't, I won't point them out, struggled with pornography, could not get over it, could not get over it, but from the preaching of truth and the power of the Holy Spirit, completely set free. That's a sign and a wonder. Just as the healing is, just as the gold, it's all, it's all to say what? That the Lord God is among us and he is real. Jesus is alive. And I want to encourage you to press in for more. I want to encourage you to listen. I read this Bible, and sometimes I'm awfully offended. You say, why? Because I find some experiences in here that don't match up to mine. I see dead being raised. I have not yet raised the dead. Well, better put, I've not yet seen the power of God, because it has nothing to do with me, raise the dead through my life. Through my hands. I'm not. I've laid my hands on two dead people in coffins, one of which was a small child that I wanted more than anything to raise from the dead. Small girl. The devil killed her. God didn't take her. Listen, God doesn't. I'm going to bust a bubble real quick. Sorry. I'm starting to preach and then I'm going to land. God does not take people because he needs angels. Okay? You don't turn into an angel when you go to heaven. All right? You actually are glorified actually above. We won't get into that. So God doesn't do that. The devil comes to kill, to steal, and destroy. God brings life and life more abundantly. If God takes somebody out, it's the very last resort. And it's in judgment. And God warns way ahead of time. You won't have a, when God takes people out, you don't question that it was. You won't have to wonder, oh, well, was it God? Was it the devil? You'll know. He makes it very plain.
You're like, what are you talking about? Ananias and Sapphira. He makes it very plain. It's in the Bible. So this doesn't happen. We don't go to heaven, and, and that's, a, that's not it. Little children die. This is not God. This is the devil, okay, that, that kills people. So God's will is that, that that little girl was to get up and be resurrected from the dead. But me personally, I have to be sober-minded. Paul says, be, I warn you. He says, with all the authority and power I have as an apostle, the grace given to me, I warn you to think sober-mindedly about yourself. Don't think higher than yourself than you ought, but live sober-mindedly according to the measure of faith that you have that God's given. Meaning what? I need to be sober about the kind of faith that I have. Because these signs follow those who believe. So if they're not following me, I have to take, and this is not condemning, this is invitational. I have to say there's something in the disconnect of God's ability and power to do signs and wonders in the earth. And he says they follow those who believe and then me believing and them seeing them come to pass. I have to take ownership of that. I have to take responsibility of that. And not in a condemning way, but a way that to each one has been given a measure of faith. And faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I grow up into the full manifest nature of Christ. Paul said, I long to see Christ formed in you. How many of you know Christ being formed in you means this? Having love, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, gentleness, meekness, faith, hope, and love. But it also means this. The dead being raised. The sick being healed. Devils being cast out. Lepers being cleansed. I want the full measure of the man manifesting in me. How about you? I don't want nothing held back, man. I want nothing. I'm wrestling with God as long as I got until he blesses me. Till I get the faith I need. Till I, I'm, I'm telling you, man, until that little girl, next little girl I see in a coffin comes out of that coffin and a whole funeral home gets saved. I'm telling you, the harvest is ripe, but God's looking for laborers who will preach his word and he can perform his signs through to confirm his word because let me tell you there's psychics on the corner there's reiki healers on the corner and guess what they have power just like the magicians they have power matter of fact some of that stuff's creeping up in the church but they have power it's real yoga all that stuff man there's power in that look it up it's real sorcery magic real I've seen it. I've, I've been in a fight with a witch doctor. You say, what? Yep. He's a legit, had these magic wands he brought from Egypt. He took them out. He was trying to like, nee, 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 you know, do his little thing. And I didn't fight him by punching him in the mouth. Chris is like, dang. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I fought him by loving him and by praying. And I would pray and I would look at the Lord and I could feel the power of God come out from behind me and slap the dude. And he'd go, whoa, what was that energy you just threw at me? And I was like, that ain't no energy, buddy. That's the power. I, would feel, I could feel angels come in the room. I could sense, like Job said, I, I felt a spirit pass before me, but I could not make it out. Only a silhouette, Job says. I felt something come in the room. And I'm telling you, we're going back and forth. God ended up healing his back. He had a demon in his back. I'd pray for it and it'd move around and it'd jump around. And I ended up praying for it, and it left. And he's like, well, we can do that too. He said, my master can take this stuffed animal and turn it into a living duck. This is wild stuff, man. This is real, though. This is heaven, hell. And I'm telling you, in these last days, we need to be biblical. We need to believe in the power of God and see it manifest on the earth. Amen? Amen. You want to hit those lights? Um, is there anybody you're, you've had like pain in your left shoulder at all? Left shoulder right here. One, two, and three. Anybody else? Left shoulder. Left shoulder. Right shoulder. We'll take it. Left shoulder. Okay, cool. All right, we're going to pray. So all of you just heard an amazing truth right here. Amazing truth right here. All right. These signs follow those who believe they shall lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover all right james says pray the prayer of faith and god will raise you up so we've got right wave your hand again real quick Wave your hand again. all right so if you're if you're if you're filled with how's your chest doing 
Yeah? Come up here real quick. Real quick. Come on. I want you to tell them what happened. Real quick. Just what you were dealing with and then kind of what happened. All right. So, uh, yeah, I'm Jackson. <laughs> uh, I box amateurly. And uh, about uh, two and a half years ago, I uh, got hit in the chest. And ever since then, uh, my chest has ached and uh, I haven't been able to take a deep, satisfying breath ever since then. And I got prayed for a couple weeks ago and completely healed. Not only that, but like other things, my body, like pains, healed completely. Give God praise. Yeah, man, come on. So he needs his shoulder healed, which I'm going to have you pray for people too. But y'all want to stretch your hand towards him. Let's ha- let's 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 get let's see the Lord heal his uh, shoulder, and then we'll move on. Ready? Right now, in Jesus' name, every bit. You pray. You pray. You pray. How many of you know it's not the guy? The guy holding the microphone is equipping you to do this, not doing this. That's the that's the point. You don't need the. It's not that. It's the same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus lives in you if you're a born again believer. So believe, God. I pray increase faith, grace to fall on your people. I pray for your people, God. I'm not even going to pray for healing, God. I pray for your people right now that healing gifts would flow through them, that faith would flow through the, flow through them right now, and by the power of in the name, the blood of Jesus, healing would flow through your body. In Jesus' name, ch- t- ch- test it out for me. Test it out. How you going? How's it feel? It's good? Do something like this, like what you couldn't do before. Yeah? Any pain at all? Come on, Jesus. Uh, love you guys, and, uh, and I, I just want to pray a blessing. Lord, I pray that you would bless your body to pursue you with everything that we have. God, I pray that those who have been neglecting daily secret prayer life, God, would be drawn into it. God, daily communion, getting into your presence, that, that this is the path of life, your presence in fullness of joy. And so, God, I pray that they be drawn into that secret place. And then from that place, they would begin to display you in, in, in character, Lord, in integrity. Father, the fruits of the Spirit and in the power of the Holy Spirit. God, and we pray that on this people, you would stretch forth your hand and confirm your word through mighty signs and wonders. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. Bless you. Thank you for joining us on Encounter Podcast. We pray it has been a blessing to you. We would be honored if you would prayerfully consider supporting this ministry by becoming a monthly partner or sowing a one-time offering helping us bring the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ our Lord to the lost and the continued training and equipping of his bride, the church. For more information on how to become a partner or make a donation, please go to Encounter1078.com and click on the donate button. Thank you, and may the mercy and grace of the Lord Jesus be upon you.